25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to this, the 100th episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we, we did it. We have done this 100 times. This is the 100th time that we have sat down. Um, actually, it's only the second time we've sat down in person to do this. But it is the 100th time that we have sat down in front of a microphone, in front of a screen, to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets for you all to somehow, someway listen to it, which still blows our minds. But we cannot be more excited to be chatting with you on... Uh, you know, our 100th episode is the episode before a really fun weekend in Columbus. I'm here. I'm in Columbus, in case that was unclear. So that's really exciting for us. I'm really excited about it, at least. I don't know if Laura is. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it just oh, felt so good to, like, get on the highway and know where I was going. Like, that felt like a weird adjustment for me because I'm still, like, in the mode of, like, having to put my GPS on to literally go to anything in Grand Rapids still. And so being able to come to Columbus and being like, Laura, get on 315 North to go to our favorite ramen restaurant. Uh, And I just felt very at peace with that. I also felt at peace with it because I was stressed out and uh, liked him knowing where we were going. So... But it's technically our hundred and first time recording. There is a lost episode. Oh, you're so right. I didn't even think about that. It's kind of like the one time that we released our birthday episode a day early <laughs> that we haven't really talked about ever before. And we're not going to talk about it. Okay. Well. Um, but yes, there is there is a lost episode that we did many months ago, early, well, early in the season. Many months ago, and it really it was. Is it the beginning part of the season? I feel like it was in like December. It was in December because it was before I went to AFA to Dallas. It was early December. Yeah, it was early December. So that it's early March now. I'm just going to let myself be right about this. Many a month ago. Um, yes, we we recorded an episode with our dear friend, Stephen. Who? Stephen. I'm just being a dick. Um, <laughs> after uh, we played the National Predators and... It was, uh, as per usual, we went completely off the rails, and you wouldn't have wanted to listen to it anyway, but... Um, Actually, I argue that you might have one of the... Steven's content was really good. Yeah, as it usually is. When Steven's on the show, it really is his show, and we are just the guests. Yeah, truly, because Steven is a, a, a professional, and we... We've only done this a hundred times, but yeah. we're definitely not professionals. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. But yeah, our hundredth episode. Do you know what I think about us sometimes? Do you know how people always make fun of men who start podcasts just, like, because they were able to buy a microphone? Yeah, there's a lovely song on TikTok that's like, stop giving men microphones. I kind of feel that way about us sometimes, where I'm like, who let us be in front of microphones? And is anybody wondering whether or not there should be a license for podcasting? Um, I think sometimes people think that. I like to think that they don't think that about us, because I think that we are not the typical people oh we're not like the toxic like bad podcasters with content that's like actually terrible to listen to and makes you dumber yeah well actually sometimes it might make you dumber mm. but like in like a in a fun way in a sweet way in sure. a very kind-hearted way yeah not, absolutely. not in a hateful way i don't mm-hmm. know anyway uh what a what an exciting time to be together i mean every time we're together is an exciting time initially the plan these are, you'll see we neither of us are this bougie. We are in an <laughs> yes. Airbnb in Columbus because the original plan. I booked this back when we still when I still worked at OU when I still was in Ohio. I'm fairly certain now that I'm thinking about it. We you booked this. I think it may have been before the season started. Yeah, I mean it was a while because ago. I think because I am a ever since I've become a Blue Jackets fan, I have pretty. I think almost every year since I've been a fan, there's been a game. On my birthday. Oh, you were sad, kind of. Yeah, I was sad because there wasn't a game directly on my birthday. Um, But then they were like, hey, we're going to retire Rick Nash's jersey and Nick Foligno is going to come back. It was a good game. So we're just going to, we just decided that my birthday would extend 
into this weekend because surprise my birthday was yesterday and if you don't know this about laura she's an only child so it was already going to be her birthday through um, this weekend middle or middle child, child middle child that's what i meant um and so it was always going to be her birthday weekend regardless of whether or not the blue jackets were playing anybody so it's really just a continuation of that but yeah yeah so it was my birthday and still my birthday, technically. My sister, if, if she listened to this, she doesn't. Um, would <laughs> would are, hey, be hard rolling her eyes right now because it always drove her absolutely insane our entire lives that I would somehow force my birthday into lasting at least a week. There was one year where I convinced my mom that it lasted until like July because that's when we were going to see NSYNC. And the NSYNC tickets were my birthday present. Wow. And I know we don't talk about my age, but that may have just dated me a while. <laughs> wow. July. Yeah. Wow. I'm impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's up there. That is a, I whole, mean, a whole three months. Yeah. And two weeks. As, mm -hmm. As a middle child, you have to do what you can do to um, get what, any sort of attention. So... You just work your birthday. Plus, I was born on my grandparents' wedding anniversary. Oh, so Yeah, I always forget that part, too. You were just, like, set up for failure from the jump. Yeah. So everyone was stealing my sunshine pretty quickly after my arrival. So Stuff. Well, you brought the sunshine. Thank you. All the stolen sunshine was brought by you. And so if that's you, good. And if you haven't seen it yet, Jeremy put together a really wonderful video with some of our favorite podcast people and supporters for my birthday. Um, so big shout out to Oh, you're gonna figure, oh, you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> I am setting myself up for failure. For Neil from the A Devil State of Mind podcast. Mm -hmm. For Megan, Madame That Bitch. Madame That Bitch. Um, yes, I'm for so our wonderful friend Kelly. For Steven. And for Dennis for uh, sending in video clips for Jeremy to put together for me. Dennis, your singing voice. You're a singer, my guy. Is beautiful. And uh, I thought it was so beautiful, Dennis, that this one's for you, buddy. A brew dog. A cannon blast for you. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen that video, it's up on all of our social media. Um, it was incredibly touching i cried no one should be shocked by that um you know now that i'm thinking about it though i'm actually kind of glad that the blue jackets aren't playing on your birthday this year i think we needed an off year because i don't know if you remember right but the first year <laughs> oh, that there was God. a game on your birthday we lost and we lost bad. that was that's the only time i've ever left a blue jackets blue, blue jackets game early yeah it was bad and we left oh, God. we left at the start of the it was bad. We End lost that game like period. seven to three, maybe, or something yeah, it was like that. Yeah, against the Canucks. No, it was the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, it was the Oilers. Yeah, and it was the closest I've ever sat to the ice. Jeremy got us tickets. We were thir third row. Special? Yeah, it is. Yeah, third row. Um, our uh, Some of our other friends were in our normal seats um, up in the upper bowl, and good God, we just got our asses handed to us. So bad. Uh, and yeah, it's the only time I've ever left a Blue Jackets game early was my birthday game. Then we went the to crew year. opening day after that game. We did, oh, yeah. yeah that was of, the same day. Part of the inspiration. That was a day. And well, then, I, and and then, then I, we went to dinner. And then I drove a car to Florida that night. Yeah. We watched a terrible Blue Jackets game, then stood in the cold... Oh, and didn't they tie? Yeah, they tied. Jesus. Um, and then we went to a fancy dinner that I forced everyone to go to. Which, honestly, I think about that place pretty often because for the location and for, like, the vibe, it's really not all that expensive. Yeah. Hudson 229? 29? 229. 229. 229. 229. Food was good, and they so gave me a, a cake. Very good. Oh, yeah, they did. Um, but, yeah, and then Jeremy uh, drove all the way to Florida. I did. I did. But then the next year, great game. Amazing game. Last game before COVID at home. So really, like, I'm just like, okay, with you never having another game at home, actually, I'm cool with that being the last. But if you remember last year, it was our the first game back. Oh, they back. did play at home. Well, the birthday before was the last game that they played at home before COVID. 
And then my birthday last year was the oh. first game back after letting fans come back. That and was that was one. an incredible game. We had great seats. We were on TV and Cam Atkinson scored a goal right in front of our faces. That's right. Okay. I take it back. You can have games on your birthday. I forgot about that being on your birthday last year. Yeah. A lot of last year doesn't count to me. I don't know. Well, the Blue Jackets did not have a great season. Last really? Year, so. It's almost as if we picked that season and pick a podcast and covered every single fucking game yep. that they played that we year. We did do that. Wow, that sucks. Um, <laughs> they're easy to cover this year. They are. They are easy to cover. Um. The expectations remain pretty similar, I think, between the two of us. However, I think that uh, the way that they've played – I mean, you've talked about it before, like, and you always have given me shit where I'm like, I don't really care if they lose because of what that means. I care. I care. Please don't take it that way. Um, but you've always been like, I would like them to still win. I would really like them to still win. And you're the one that's getting your way, really. I mean, even though this team sits – relatively far out of a playoff spot as we record tonight on Thursday. It's still not an impossibility. They're still mm-hmm. winning games. They're still winning games against uh, good teams. I mean, they're competitive. They're doing all the things that we've talked about wanting them to do in terms of growing, in terms of developing, and they're winning games along the way, and you can't really complain. And they're doing it while they're down a lot of humans. Right. And I think we were listening to um, Front Nationwide on our way to the Airbnb tonight, and – you know, Aaron Portsline made a really valiant point saying that, you know, not only – what was it Aaron Portsline? It was – what is that coach? Ken Hitchcock. Ken Hitchcock, um, former coach of the Blue Jackets, made a point that they're, they're playing really hard, but they're playing with spirit. Mm-hmm. And to have a situation like we've had this week so far where we suffered – that just ridiculous loss against Pittsburgh, but then to come back and not be just entirely rattled by it and to come back and win um, against New Jersey on Tuesday, like that's perseverance and that's believing in themselves and believing in what they're starting to build here. Does that mean that we're going to catch up and get into a playoff spot? Who knows at this point? But what matters is that they're still able to hold on to all of this growth, all of this potential, and all of this belief in themselves. And and like I said, what they're building here to push past those unfortunate moments like we had with Pittsburgh. So, you know, and we can break down this New Jersey game a little bit, but, you know, that's going to be important as we face this, these next three games, um, as we face, the LA Kings on Friday today, if you're listening to this when it comes out, because they are a very hot young team who are push doing a lot of similar things to what we're doing or in kind of a further process of their rebuild. Um, and then a huge night on Saturday against the Boston Bruins, which is just an added thing to everything else that is happening um, that day. And then again, Toronto um, on Monday. So we've got a lot of heavy hitters coming up. And so we're going to need to hold on to that energy and that perseverance and, you know, hopefully a little grace from the hockey gods, at least especially on Saturday, because like Rick Nash's retirement, Nick coming back, like really just kind of want to win that game. So but yeah, they're they're trying and people are noticing. And while we're still not getting noticed by critics, because yet again, even though we had one of the best winning records in all of February. Now do me a favor. Please don't ever look at the sweet 16 ever. Oh, again. it drives me insane. I don't know why. I know why. But I, I think like if if at this point, like if you're a Blue Jackets fan, like this is my message to Blue Jackets fans, it's <laughs> my to message me. to Laura specifically. I'm going to look at you when I say this. Okay. You will be a Blue Jacket fan until the day you die. Yeah. We will win Stanley Cups in your lifetime. Yes. Hopefully. It will not matter. They will still not cover us. Like, it just it's not going to change. Like, I think, like, if you're a Blue Jacket fan that's, like, frustrated by that and you feel wronged or, you know, gypped for it, I have – it's going to be a bad time. Like, you're going to have a bad time. It's never going to get better. We are a mid-market, and if you think about, like, in size of our market, like, we just haven't earned, earned it over the course of our history of our franchise, right? Like, I mean, like, 
like you were talking earlier, I mean, about just how long ago, or maybe it was Kelly. Kelly was Kelly always laughs at me because she's like, somehow, some way I'm in every fucking episode that you do. And I think she it's is. actually hilarious. But hi, Ke- Kelly. Yeah, right. Hi. Um, Kelly and I were talking about it. And we were like, 2008 is when like Ken Hitchcock. Like, that's 14 years ago. Like that's so long ago. Yeah. Um, and so like this team was so bad for so long. Like the, no, like, I know, but I just think I just think it's unfair. Life's unfair. I understand that life is unfair, but you know, I'm still I'm a homer in a lot of ways, but like I just still think it's unfair that you know, certain teams and I I know it's just the way that the league is set up, but I would just like for us to be recognized when it's due. I mean, seriously, we had if not the best then the second best record in February in the league. Yeah. Like, and that's insane to me that you can't take one. Per- I didn't look at, I didn't have the heart to look at the breakdown this week of what all the analysts or writers or whatever um, picked. But last week, one person out of the like 11 people that make up this Sweet 16 article or ranking, one person thought about putting us in the, in the lineup. That's insane. One person, if not for the fact that we have one of the best winning records in a month, fucking Patrick Line is enough to like. It's also called the Super 16. I keep saying it's Sweet 16. Yeah, I also call it the Sweet 16. But, um, you know, Patrick Line got named the third overall star in the NHL for the month of February. Like, but yet we're still not being considered as one of the better teams. Like, that's insane to me. I okay, so one again, we got one vote. Jesus um, Christ, was it the woman? It was the woman the last time. Uh, well, unless her name is Sean, uh, no, which okay. is possible, it is possible, but um, yeah, so here's the thing though, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you in your full heart think that we are a better hockey team? Then Edmonton Oilers, the Washington Capitals, the LA Kings, the Nashville Predators, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild, the Bruins, the Rangers, the Blues, the Penguins, the Maple Leafs, the Flames, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, the Lightning, and the Avalanche. I will say that I, out of all those teams, I think we would beat more often than lose to. I think maybe the Kings, but I guess we're going to find out today on Friday. But I don't necessarily think that we're better, but the point of this is like, to be looking at what the teams did in that week. Power rankings are eh. Because power rankings are like, who are the best 16 teams in the league? Yes, I understand. That's how I take it. But like, by the end of February, we were. (laughs) I think we would lose all those teams in a series. All 16, right, right now if they played. They would lose. I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with that. I think they would. I think they would. Um, A seven-game series against any of those teams. You really think they would beat any of those teams? Without Zach Wierenski, without Jake Bean, without Adam Boquist, without like all these other players. I don't think there's any way. I don't know. I think they would play well. Like I don't think it would be like a sweep. Some of those teams, I think, would be a sweep. I don't think it would be terrible, but I only win seven, four games out of seven. I think we could get four. Well, maybe we'll get to find out. Maybe we'll maybe. get to find out in April. But all of that to say that, yeah, the team's playing well. Like, and, and I think, like, if you look, I mean, you just think I about just the think, way. I just think it's unfair to not give credit where credit's due when a lot of those teams we've beaten in the last – Two weeks. Yeah, but you can't say that we're better than the Florida or than the Florida Panthers. No, but what I'm saying is, there's a time frame associated with these rankings. They're just new every week. They're just new rankings every week based on new information. You can still say that the Blue Jackets aren't in the top sixteen right now. I just, I think it's unfair. That's okay. You're allowed to, and that's fine. Anyway. He's making me feel like I'm just a homer that doesn't know anything. She does know things. She is a homer. Um, But I will say the thing above it all 
that mattered the most about Tuesday's game, as we've talked about and as we talked about with Peter Lovins, was that the game was Hockey's for Everyone night, which was really, you know, again, a, a good opportunity to reflect on the ways in which folks who have been shut out of the game for so long, um, intentionally, I should add, uh, that being able to be a part of that, right? And I mm-hmm. think that that's a really great opportunity. One of the things that I think is the coolest thing about that um, is that the NHL, um, the game, randomly, was it always supposed to be on ESPN Plus? Mm-hmm. Because I missed that entirely. But obviously, when I found out it was on ESPN Plus, I was excited, um, specifically because it was hosted um, by an all-women um, PA team, an all-women yes. broadcasting team, which I think was really great. For the very first time in Blue Jackets history, we had two female broadcasters. Yeah, Leah Hextall and AJ Malesko. Which I think is awesome. Um, and, you know, it was a really interesting, because I was at the game. Um, it was a really interesting experience. Um, and if you haven't listened to our interview with Peter, um, you should, because it's a really good interview. Peter is an incredible human being. He's, I'm very, I know we were both very proud to have someone like Peter working for the Blue Jackets and knowing someone like Peter, who is such an incredible advocate for um, these very critical marginalized groups and um, has done so much for helping to make sports a more inclusive um, environment. But, you know, it, it really just, is proof of how how much more work there is to be done. And this isn't just with the Blue Jackets. I mean, it is league-wide. It is sport-wide. Um, heck, it's, it, it's human people-wide. Like, so much more work um, that needs to be done and to, to really get people to understand that women hold a place in this sport. Um, the LGBTQIA community holds a place in this sport. People of color hold a place in this sport. People with disabilities hold a place in this sport. Um, the list goes on and on. Um, and this is a step. Hockey is for everyone nights are steps. Um, but it's about continuing to do that work on and off the ice. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about like, we wish there would have been more information about Max Domi being the new um, Hockey is for Everyone ambassador for the Columbus Blue Jackets um, and the kinds of marginalized communities that Max represents, which is people with the, he has a, not a terminal illness, but he has a, <laughs> he has type one diabetes, which is a lifelong illness um, that could have very well ended Max's hockey career when he was 11 years old and got diagnosed. But because he was able to find a community that was willing to work with him and he's had the access to doctors and, you know, found coaches and communities that um, have helped him continue his career. He's now at the NHL level, you know, and that is such an important thing for kids to see. Um, It was really great. You know, they highlighted a lot of the youth hockey organizations, um, a lot of the organizations that have been created in Columbus to help um, under like, underprivileged communities like get more involved in the sport. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets Foundation donated $10,000 um, towards the creation of a brand new youth female hockey specific league, which is so exciting. Um, but there's just still work to be done. And there's still a lot of things that we could be doing better about educating fans. Um, I would love to say that I saw really great reactions from fans. I did unfortunately see some not so great reactions from fans um, while in the arena, which is pretty disheartening. Um, But I think that that's just more proof that people like us who want to create a more inclusive and welcoming environment need to keep doing the work and need to keep stepping up and encouraging other fans and speaking with, you know, any chance we get with the people that we know that work with the team and for the team and encouraging that we continue to grow in these efforts. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think, you know, what's nice to remember and important to remember is that oftentimes, sometimes it's just the people who are the loudest and things like that, that really shine through. And I do think that overall, my hope is that 
there are more folks that are receptive by the concept of increasing accessibility to the game than there are people who are not open to the concept. And I think that the biggest thing, right, is just finding a way to get those people on board, show them how they can participate, how they can engage with the people around them that might not necessarily be entirely on board to just try to get them to that place. Ultimately, we're not going to get everybody there tomorrow. Like it's not going to happen. And I think that that is an important reminder, especially for the folks that get tired. You know, I think especially for marginalized folks in this sport, uh, whether that be marginalized players um, or, you know, marginalized folks that are, are part of, of hockey in the way that we are, or just you name it. Right. And I think that's, again, what's most important is to keep in mind that there are probably more people that are receptive. It's just a matter of finding those people and getting to those people because nights like this admittedly can be a touch performative. Right. And I think that that's not really anything that we shy away from talking about in terms of, yeah, like it's really great to like recognize and have a night to talk about it, but it also has to be like intentional and it has to activate people. And maybe, maybe just maybe, like there's somebody who comes to that game out of the 18,000 people that are there and something strikes a chord. Like maybe, hopefully, possibly. I don't know if that thing is going to be an outline rainbow jersey, but like nevertheless, maybe it was something. And that's what matters the most. Obviously, what happened on the ice was pretty great for mm-hmm. us. Not mad about that. But hopefully, um, if one person walked out of that arena with a little bit of a change of mindset, that's a win for Tuesday night. I agree. And I do know I have two very dear friends um, who brought their daughter to her first uh, hockey game on Tuesday. And uh, they <laughs> they told me that they she looked up at them and goes, is this like the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> and I just thought that that was so cute. Um so, you know, and it, it is things like that. Every single game, there is someone experiencing their first Blue Jackets, you know, related situation. Like, um, so those are just kind of the things that we like to keep in mind. And, you know, there's lots of room to grow and there's not, we're not in a space where like, we want anyone to feel like they can't change or they can't grow in this, in this situation. Because like I said, we, we talk about all this stuff in our interview with Peter, but, you know, allyship and um all that sort of work like it's work and it's a process and it's it's about learning and um educating yourself and you know we hope that that we can be just as much a part of that and we you know appreciate the the blue jackets getting there so a slow journey perhaps sometimes but hopefully they get to the final destination um, but I think that's a good reminder too. You never know how many times you're going to be sitting around somebody who's at their first Blue Jackets game that might be looking for community, that might be looking for acceptance. And so that's the note to Blue Jackets fans, similar to what Peter said, in terms of people who are marginalized are hyper aware of their surroundings and they're hyper aware of what they're hearing. And so if you're somebody who has some go to, uh, digs or go to chance or what have you that might be a little bit and maybe even more so than that problematic that you can evaluate the space that you're creating for people because at the end of the day we want as many people in nationwide arena as possible we want as many people to feel like nationwide arena is home as possible and do you know what else we want to win money with DraftKings. We want you to win as much money as possible with our friends at DraftKings. And we're, again, we're coming for the Hoops fans. You know, we know that some of you are out here. Your only winter sport might not be hockey. You might also be a basketball fan. Any Cavs fans out there? Um, uh, I'm a one-sport kind of gal. Yeah, so. they're like, okay, what is it you say? There's not enough ice for you. But yeah. nevertheless, there might not be enough ice for you, but. Girl, you might be able to buy yourself some ice with the money that you're going to win from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, um, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
their new offer, it's too good to pass up. And I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill kind of good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. And it's really that simple. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdictions. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. I will say that I did forget to do that read the last time we recorded together in person. Oh, yeah, I have. As as we were recording that, I'm like, Laura has never sat next to me and watched me do this process. So, Mm -hmm. welcome. It was like, take your child to work day. How did you you enjoy it? Um, It just reminded me why it sounds better that you do it, not me. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a They put a lot of work. My speech impediment would be so terrible in doing that. So, I mean, it already is terrible when I do the end of the show. I think you have the end of the show down. Now, but the first few, like, first 50 episodes um, is basically me just being mush mouth. Um, mush mouth. So. Never heard that phrase. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I'm not going to go into childhood trauma, but, like, um, <laughs> no. it would just be better. It's just better that Jeremy, plus, I don't, I not, I don't really think that uh, sports gambling sounds credible coming from me. because. I, I only know one sport, so I just think people would be like, I don't think she really knows what it means to bet on basketball. I mean, I've never bet on a basketball game, but I have definitely bet on hockey. And I have been very much let down by hockey betting from time to time. It but happens. if you bet on the Blue Jackets on the money line to win against New Jersey on Tuesday, you were very happy. The Blue Jackets win 4-3. Um, you know, they try to lose it. <laughs> They did. They um, really did um, try to lose it but in the end. they didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, a really spirited first period, um, they find themselves up to one at the end of it. And they find themselves, I mean, Gavin Bayreuther, Seattle Kraken legend, uh, gets five for fighting. The Blue Jackets' first major penalty, um, I guess I shouldn't say that, first major f- for fighting As I say, in cause, 2022. Because well, Jakub Voracek got a 10-minute yeah, major against Pittsburgh. In the last 43 seconds, which was stupid. Um, I, he probably deserved it. I, I know mean, I'm him, sure what he said to the ref yeah. was not nice. Like, I'm sure it both English and he's Czech, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm sure in Czech, he said some very terrible things, but I don't blame him for that because that game was stupid. But yes, Gavin Bayreuther took our first major penalty for 2022. And like, you know what? It's what we needed. The bench got super psyched. They were like, yeah, buddy, throw them hands. When you just said, yeah, buddy, for some reason, the only thing that went through my mind was, yeah, buddy, rolling (laughs) like a big shot. Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR. I don't know why. We watch TikTok too much. Um, is that on your TikTok? Is that coming back? I think so. Oh, no. I'm very much just like like having some sort of like re... I've like, heard that on TikTok. Wow. Not ready for that. Um, Things that make me feel old. Like, why is that coming back? I don't know. I don't um, understand the TikTok world. The TikTok I just world. watch it for hours on end. Sure. Um, but no, so we, we had some very exciting things in the first period. Jake Christensen, welcome back to the lineup, buddy. But also welcome back, or welcome to, scoring in the NHL. Jake Christensen got the game started for the Blue Jackets, getting his first ever NHL goal, um, which was super exciting. Um, we haven't had a, a first goal in a little while. Well, that's not true. 
it's been a couple weeks since Trey fixed Williams game, yeah. but, um, but big deal for Jake. Uh, the team was super excited. Um, you have it pulled up. Was it Oliver that scored after Jake? Oh, the second goal? Yeah. You're asking such a good question. Um, I'm asking because. She looks as I have my phone pulled up and sees that it's not actually pulled up to the thing. Um, yes, yeah, so it was Oliver Bjork's fan. Assist from who else but Jake Voracek. Absolutely. Um, uh, who had two assists on the night. He's just so good. He really is. We don't really talk about him a lot on this show. Our gentle but not so gentle ginger giant. We do, but we don't. I he just it's just so un, not uncommon for us to be like, yeah, Jake Vorchek had two points tonight. Like Yeah, because he's just consistent. I think yeah. we let him sort of fall. Although we never did talk about his really beautiful reaction to getting the Kepi for the first time. Oh, I missed it. You didn't see him? Mm. He was so excited. I can't believe he hadn't had it. Yeah, he hadn't had it all season. That's kind of fucked Actually, up. they talked about this on the Skate Space on Wednesday, which if you aren't tuning yeah, into the Skate Space on Twitter, you absolutely should. Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, hosted by our friend Jeff Savota and our future friend Dylan Tyre. Um, Come on through, buddy. And it's just a fun time, and it's a great time for fans to get to interact with like two people whose lives are the Blue Jackets. Uh, you can ask questions, talk about, you know, essentially kind of what we do here is you just talk about what's happening on the team, but it's just an awesome opportunity for fans to get involved. But my whole point in this was that they talked about um, uh, our other friends. If you follow them on Twitter, the union blue soldiers um, are a blue jackets fan account. And they are actually keeping track of who has won or who has been given the Kepi. Um, I guess that makes sense given their like civil war association. Yeah. Um, been given the kep the Kepi this uh, season, and so far in the lead, Mr. Patrick Laine and Mr. Elvis Merzlinkins. Both yeah. both of them have gotten it four times. Wow. So. So what I'm hearing is that you are not the only person with an Alice Merzlikens bias. Correct. The whole team is. Yeah, apparently. And you're not the only one with a Patrick Laine bias. Patrick Laine has 38 goals, or 38 points in 35 games. I feel like my bias is justifiable. I'm just saying. I just think it is. But I think ultimately, I would be interested to know, as, as interesting as that is, mm-hmm. I need them to also, Union Blue Soldiers, this is your job. I want to know like which players have given like so so Patty's had it four times. Elvis has had it four times. I want to know who they've given the Kepi to. I want to know like who they've given the Kepi to mm. the most, like who players have given the Kepi to the most. Because I want to know if we're just out here fucking giving it to the same people over and over again because like Patrick's like, I just love Max Domi. He just like gives him the like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, that's oh, no, just me. I think that there's some general consideration for it. It would like... be like if you and I were on a team and at the end of every staff meeting, they were like, Who's your shout out of the week? I'd be like, Laura, because she's so good at her job. Like, I would literally like it'd just be us every week doing it. FYI, that, that did happen already before. Like, yeah, and Jeremy actually, and I worked together. Can we do shout outs? I repressed that part of my life. Yeah, we did highs and lows. And then you had to like compliment someone. God, that was must have been really hard. We for you. always complimented each other. I feel like I split my time between you and Corinne pretty evenly. Corinne wasn't on our staff. This was after Corinne. We had it for half of a year. No, this was your senior year. Oh. Anyway. Repressed it. I'm old. Um. I feel like our first supervisor would be more keen to doing that with us than our second one. I think you blocked out a lot. Mm, I don't know. Anyway. But. But. So, yes, that would be interesting to find out who gives it more commonly to whatever. But Jeff made a a solid point that it is more likely for a goalie to get the Kepi because, like, in in true Blue Jackets fashion, goalie, goaltending often keeps us in, in the game. Are we ever going to talk about the fact that our goaltending has been bad this year? It's been... Are we going to talk about it? Eventually. But I it was... Three, four goals against average. Okay. He did have an incredible save, and it was actually the NHL play of the night. Oh, it's good. I mean, yeah. 
on Tuesday. And that, to be fair, that's the thing about goaltending, right? Is it's like you could you could have a three four you like you'll never win awards with that. Yeah. But you could have like a three four goals against average in a season and still have moments like that in a game that like save games. So me saying that isn't to say that like Elvis. Well, and, and I just and I just think you know we're with goaltending like we have a very strong pipeline. We have two strong starters right now, but we've also battled. Injury, illness, and every other crazy situation, you know. So much like the team is rebuilding, goaltending, we're figuring it out ourselves. But, like, Elvis did have a really incredible, mind-boggling save the other night. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I kind of want them to, to do, like, a golden cafe. Like at the end of the year, like whoever got it the most gets like a golden one. Oh, okay. Like I think that would be so fun. Yeah, I'm into it. Because they like give like the community service award and they give, you know, that kind of stuff like to the players. Yeah. Um, but what if you got like, because that would make you like the number, like the best I think team. They, I think they do an MVP award. Do they? I think so. They have in the past. I don't know if they do it every year, but I know they have in the past. Cause I think Oliver Bjorkstrand got it one year. Um, Cause I just think that would be fun. And I think it would be good. Like morale, like not that like getting the Kepi each week or after each game that we win, like should be your goal. But like, I think it's kind of interesting to award that person who's got it the most. Could you imagine we just give Patrick Line the golden Kepi that just has inside of it, a blank check signed by Yarmulke Kalainen? Um, I think Patrick might appreciate it more if we gave him a Lamborghini that matched the golden Kepi. And the blank check. And the blank check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have golden Lamborghini money. I barely have um, Hyundai Kona money. So. <laughs> oh, no. Um, you, don't, I, you don't exactly make a lot of money being a sports podcaster. Some people do, but we're, well, not, we're not that. We're not at we that point. That. If we paid any bills with the money that we make on this podcast, yeah, we'd be in trouble. Um, but we don't, and that's great. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, and, and I mean, kind of gotten away from from this game, <laughs> the game. against the against the Devils, but. My God, and no disrespect to whoever scored the third goal, I'm sure it was great, but Patrick Line's goal that ends up being the game winner. So pretty. Are you, I almost said, you know how I do that thing sometimes where I like stop myself from saying things because I remember the kind of podcast we host and who might be listening. Um, that was one of those moments. Uh, I knew exactly what you were going to say too. Yeah, right? Was. Yep. Yeah, right. And so, uh, I mean, my Oh, it was great. It was so great. Our season tickets. Yeah, we're are, the attack twice side. Yeah, we're the attack twice side. And so it's always just so magical when, because, you know, it's easy to be like weirdly distracted in the arena too. But like we were hyper focused at that moment, um, me and our friend Katie, who was with, with me at the game. But Patrick just with such ease was just like, hi. Tink. Like, just... And my favorite thing that Laura says, mostly because it's admission to the fact that, like, she's finally on board with the Patrick Line thing, is, like, Patrick Line doing Patrick Line shit. shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was just such a pure example of Patrick Line doing Patrick Line shit. And, I, and, and the thing about this is, like, if you watch, he tries shit like this every game. Like, a- almost every game. A lot of times it doesn't work out because, I mean, it takes phenomenal skill, phenomenal time. Like, everything has to be perfect. Yeah, everything has to line up. And he has kind of, like, the two different methods. He has that, like, slightly distant slap shot, I'm going to take your head off situation. Mm -hmm. And then he has these, like, sneaky, like, I'm just going to come up over this way and just dink. He has a nice move, another nice move. Oh, he shoots. Oh, he scores. Mm -hmm. And, and, it, and the true Blue Jackets fans will know that I'm referencing uh, Jeff Rimmer's call of Rick Nash's goal against the Arizona Coyotes from like way long ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say Jody Shelley's favorite thing to say with Patrick Line is chop cheese. Yeah. Yeah. He did that to himself. 
He did. He did. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Jackets, they went a, they went a good game against New Jersey. I mean, I think ultimately it's probably a team that you expect to beat. Yeah. Not to take anything away from that, but it's probably a team you expect no to beat. No offense, Neil. Um, yeah, shout out, Neil. But nevertheless, a good game. Yeah, we I mean, good. it got kind of dicey there towards the end. Um, but that's just how the Blue Jackets like to roll. Um, but yeah, it was a great game. Uh, a lot of fun. It was weird for some, there was some sort of weirdness because they didn't do the post game interview. Oh. Like, they just immediately turned the lights on. Interesting. Yeah, like they did, they did the three stars. Sure. But then immediately they turned the lights on. Hmm. And we're like, no interview for you, friends. Because who was the first star of that game? Was it Patrick or was it Oliver? Uh, who it was Patrick. Good luck. Um, but Jake Christensen was the second star, I think. Or uh, who was the third star? Patrick Boone, Jake. Jake was the first star? Third star. Third star. Um, so, like, I kind of didn't expect Patrick to do the interview because he's done the interview, like, a couple of times in the last few games. True. But Jake, his first goal, but no, they just immediately turned the lights on and were like, peace. Have a great night. Like, And I don't think that there, there might... Mm, no, like we hit our diversity quota for the day. I'm sorry. No, I think... I don't know if there was something last night, Wednesday night at the arena. Oh, at Nationwide? I don't know. I know Monday night, um, the wrestlers were there. The wrestlers. The WWE... Uh, you you wanted to say F. It's, it's it's E now. It is E. I wasn't sure. My eight-year-old nephew is obsessed. I didn't know that. Yeah, Hudson loves. Good to know. He loves John Cena. Is Hudson eight? He will be eight in May. Shut up. Yeah. Oh my God! I thought like, oh, I'm getting old. Okay. Um. Anyway. Yeah, he's eight. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, uh, well, he will be eight. He'll be eight oh my on May God. 9th. Um, I don't know that my three stars are much different. No, than, those are my three stars. Yeah. I mean, how many episodes do you want to listen to me talk about Boone Jenner? Like, he's just... Him being your second star feels like growth, though. He's the stars and the moons to me, so... I mean, a great year. Just an absolutely yeah. stellar year. I packed my so Captain far. Boone Jenner shirt for this weekend that we're having in Columbus. So. Oh, did you? Yeah. I don't want to say that like I'm surprised. I just, I just love it. You're a business. fan. You are a fan. But uh, like we've talked about before, a very fun, interesting weekend for the Blue Jackets. They play LA. Um, well, actually, it's it's four games or three games and four nights. I mean, the Jackets are playing a lot of hockey. They're playing Friday night against the Kings, Saturday night against the Bruins, and then they're playing on Monday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a lot of hockey. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of hockey and a lot of big teams i mean like we said earlier in the show la is really really i mean they're contending for a playoff spot in yeah the and i heard they're on the super 16 this week so they, they are. are i mean they, they, are. they, they are, are good i don't know so and it'll be the first it's the first time we've played them this season right yeah because we play in la in april yeah so first time seeing the kings um and then i mean really the big thing we get to talk about is saturday is just Rick Nash Day. Wow, this is the first time we've played L.A. since before the pandemic. Yeah. Been over, at least over two years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, yeah, I mean, Rick Nash Day against the Bruins is is everything about this weekend. And it's no disrespect to the other two games, but yeah, it's everything. Yeah, I just already feel emotional. Um we we kind of we've talked about it off the show, but they talked about it on the skate space on Wednesday night. But like, just like the physical magnitude of the fact that at the same time, Rick Nash, Nick Foligno, and Boone Jenner, the three most recent Blue Jackets captains, are going to have a picture taken of them. Have they said that? Well, Nick is for Jeff, sure doing the. No, they didn't say anything about the puck drop, but Jeff said that it is in the works for the picture to be taken. Somehow, some way, whether that be on the ice or in like locker room situation. Cool. Um, because yeah, it's again, it does kind of get overshadowed, but it is the return of former captain Nick Felino for the first time since uh, becoming a Boston Bruin. He got a Gordie Howell hot trick the other night. Yeah. 
Um, He's gotten a lot of flack. He hasn't had a great year statistically. So he's gotten a lot of flack. There was, um, forgive me, I'm not going to remember what their name is on our network, the Boston Bruins podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, But they tweeted out um, that the other night felt like the sort of the first time Nick really was a a Bruin, uh, which hurt my soul. Um, but also made me happy for him because he has struggled this season. He's been injured. He's been up and down on the line of where they want him to fit into this, this situation. And, you know, Nick is getting towards the end of his career, but like if he can keep staying healthy, he still has some years in him, at least in his contract with his, the continuation of his contract um, that he's currently in with, with Boston. But like, I still want grand and glorious things and you know it's going to be a big deal to have nick back in the building yeah and it's not to say that i'm not emotional about nick being in the building i think for me i mean i can't express enough just like how much rick nash was developmental to me being a blue jackets fan like i think that there's a generation of us as blue jackets fans who were young when the team started who grew up watching this team to the point where like when you're young, you grow up with sports idols, that kind of stuff. If you're a sports fan and and for me and for a lot of people in Columbus, I mean, hell pictures of Sean Crowley holding a Rick Nash signed stick, right? Like these are like, it's something that we all have in common. If you grew up, if you're between the ages of, I mean, I would probably say like 20 to 20 to 30, like you grew up, as a as a kid watching Rick Nash and and he was he was my first ever hockey jersey. I wish I w- I gave that jersey away and I so wish that I still Who had that jersey. Give it to? My cousin. My cousin didn't have a Blue Jackets jersey. Oh. So I gave it to my cousin and, I, and he better still have that fucking jersey. Um but that's the kind of thing for me where Rick Nash I mean was just Well, I mean, and just, I feel kind of sad sometimes because I was not a fan. We've talked about it a million times. um, Not a fan that far back, but in the process of like learning about the history of the team and, you know, obviously in what it has meant to the team and to the community to have Rick come back and work for the Blue Jackets and be um, now his role is sort of the the lead um, prospect um, scout, uh, you know, that is such a huge, a huge thing to see that loyalty to the Blue Jackets and to the city of Columbus. I mean, he, he even, they still have, he's off in the distance, but, um, <laughs> I mean, he kept his house here the whole time he was playing in New York, um, and right. would always live in Columbus in the off season. Like Columbus has meant, uh, so much to Rick and he has given tenfold back to the community and to the team. And so I get sad sometimes not being a fan when Rick was playing. Um, Uh, I mean, it it was great. It was struggle bus clearly, (laughs) but like, you know, to only be able to go back and relive some of his better moments, like through YouTube videos is, you know, kind of sad, but I'm so excited for the team to finally be retiring its first Jersey number. Um, This is a brand new experience for everyone in Columbus. Uh, We've been trying to put out on Twitter to help the team because no one's experienced a Jersey retirement ceremony before. Um, I'm sure we've all watched them. I mean, I watched Mm -hmm. Henrik Lundqvist a few weeks ago with the Rangers. Pecorine this year. There's someone else this year too. Oh, shit. It was um, uh, the worst part about this is, oh, Sergei Zubov. Yes. Um, but it's a it's a process. Um, doors are opening at five o'clock on Saturday. The ceremony starts at 530. So there's not going to be a whole lot of time um, to get to your seats. But get your big on a sick quick. Bitches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did just say that on the podcast. But it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's 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 gonna be uh, big to do, and us now knowing the people that are putting this all together and all the hard work that they've so been doing 
for months to get this day put together. It's going to be, if you can't be there on Saturday, it will be broadcast on Valley Sports as well as the NHL Network because um, it's a huge it's a huge day for Columbus. And you want to talk about you want to talk about how long this has been in the works. I mean, when we had our episode with Catherine, I think two three days afterward is when yeah. they announced it. And Catherine then reached out to us later and was like, "You asked us asked me a question that was like, what's been your most exciting part about being in this role?" And I obviously could not answer planning Rick Nash's jersey retirement, but that is the thing. And that was a while ago. Months I mean, ago, was, October. Yeah. It would have been um, in October. And so, I mean, this is not something that has not been uh, the priority of uh, those folks. This has been a priority since, yeah, since and, the start of the season and really even probably longer than that. Yeah. Cause I assume that the talks with about retiring Rick's number start. I mean, no one has, I'm sure people have maybe asked, but no one's been given permission to wear 61 since Rick stopped being a blue jacket. Um, you know, I think for a long time they've been in consideration of making sure that one day when Rick was done playing that his name and number would, you know, live on in the Blue Jackets um, legacy. Yeah, when, so, he, when he came back to the front office, I think that was when everybody probably could have just like pretty much marked that down as a guarantee. Yeah, so it's going to be a big day and I'm excited. Um, there's a lot of people coming in, a lot of Blue Jackets from the past, former coaches. Um, obviously, like we said, Nick's going to be here um, and it's going to be, yeah, just a crazy, crazy day. It's spurred a, again. I'm just talking up the skate space. Uh, there was a great conversation about people after Rick Nash that will potentially be in consideration for Jersey retirement. Um, we have differing opinions on certain things, but yeah. Do you know what I think is going to happen? Um, that they're going to retire Bob's number? No? Okay. No, I think they'll retire Kivy's number after. I, I think that they would never have retired Kivy's number before Nash. Yeah. And I think, maybe this is just like me like overthinking it. Like, I just think that after they've retired Rick's number, so Rick will be the first player in franchise history whose jersey's been retired. Yeah. I, I think that that makes it, I don't want to say more palatable, I, but like it makes it easier, I think, to well, retire and I think, number. I think it makes it, and I think for what everyone knows about Matisse Kavlenics, I think that he would want for this moment in the Blue Jackets for the first number to be retired to be a happy um, and like celebratory moment. Yeah, I think I think it would be with Matisse too. Right. I mean, and, and it will be if that is what they decide to do because, and I think that they will, because honestly, I think fans and we too, because it's always been the plan is that one banner will stay just for this season. But I think it's because like you said, they're going to retire number 80. Um, and it's one of those things. And it goes back to like, I wasn't even on the skate space, but you told me about it. <laughs> um, where it's like, Chances are, like for the next handful of years, like I don't think you're going to see anybody wear the number 80 in Columbus, which is probably. Oh, I don't think anyone would even ask. Which is indicative, point. I think, of of kind yeah. of like that culture and things. And I think that that's true of everything. We talked about it with Cam's number 13. We talked about it with Sergey's number 72. I mean, those are two numbers. Don't get me wrong; it's been approximately six months since Cam got traded, so no, it's not. Well, and obviously they all they said uh, Cam's number, if it were to get retired wouldn't be until after he retired and he's still oh, got right. quite a few years left in his career again much like Nick as long as he stays healthy but what made me laugh and I told Jeremy this is Dylan Tire was like well we'll know how they feel about potentially retiring Cam as a blue jacket if they let Kent Johnson yeah. wear 13 when he comes to the blue jackets because that is what he currently wears in Michigan um, and the rant that I will go on if they let Kent Johnson wear 13. Be okay. um, but so fingers crossed. But no, if you're if you're curious, the people that were tossed around in this conversation on the skate space was obviously Sergei Bobrovsky, who did such, I mean, incredible impact on the Blue Jackets in his years of service as our goaltender. Um, Nick Foligno, obviously incredible former captain, did so much for the team, both on and off the ice. 
And same with Cam Atkinson. I mean, the creation of the Battery Hockey Academy and all the things that he plans to do in Columbus after his retirement, you know, and I see a lot because I'm not as familiar with this kind of stuff, but like I see a lot of people that like argue that some of these players that get considered for retirement, like weren't good enough to have their number retired. And I just think that Columbus is kind of different in that way where like Jersey retirement consideration will play more so on the combination of their performance on the ice and what they did for our community, because truly the Columbus and the blue jackets go hand in hand. So, um, you know, I just think it's going to be more of a combination of those two two things and that, I mean, that's a bigger part for me. And I think that's a bigger part for a lot of fans too, is their performance on and off the ice and how they contributed to the community. You mean your emotional connection? Shocking, isn't it? Ken Johnson, I was looking it up, wore 19 in his junior, in his time in junior. Well, there we go. We don't have a 19. Do we? Shit, did I forget someone? Who? Not like actively, but Liam Foodie wears 19. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Liam Foodie. It's okay. He has other shit to worry about right now, but... um. (laughs) And he holds a soft spot in my heart because he was my first draft pick. (laughs) And I forgot his number. That's how long it's been since Liam Foodie's played for the Blue Jackets. He played a game this year. One? Yeah, one. The first game? I'm pretty sure it was the first game. No, I thought he got caught up. I thought he like randomly got caught up in the middle of the season. I'm fairly certain it was the first game. I can't wait to win this argument once we go off air. Anyway, um, all of that to say, really fun times. And we played Toronto on Monday. Yeah. So fuck those guys. <laughs> We have no love. I have no love for Austin Matthews. I have an Austin Matthews jersey. Yes, so, it's you know, it is what it is. But uh, a lot of really fun things. Again, we just want to say we appreciate you for sticking around and listening to 100 episodes of us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I speak for Laura. I, I assume when I say this that uh, we love doing it and uh, – Chances are we probably would have still recorded 100 episodes into the void, but <laughs> knowing that we have folks that are part of this community with us and, you know, like to engage with us and just be a part of this little community has been great. And we're really grateful for you all, um, especially on days like today where you listen to an episode where me and Laura fight and when we're on the air for over an hour and uh, all of that kind of stuff. So we really, really, really appreciate it. But yeah, it's just going to be a lot of fun this week. Mm -hmm. And you know where you can catch that fun? God, where can we catch that fun, girl? You can follow us on social media. We will be all over Twitter and Instagram this weekend. So you can follow us at Subjectively Pod. Maybe we'll go live. Maybe we'll go live on Instagram or something. We are planning to day drink before Rick's, yes. yeah, we're Rick's be retirement yeah. ceremony. So we might just go live from a bar. That could be a good-ass time. That would actually, actually. be a good-ass time. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Um, if you want to pick up some cool merch to help us celebrate our 100th episode. You can check out our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. Um, and then obviously you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, again, like we've said a million and a half times, you can now um, rate and give comments on Spotify. So do that. And then, holy crap, guys, we have 43 five star ratings on Apple Podcasts. That's incredible. But also I need someone else to comment because our newest comment is all about Jeremy and I feel slighted by that. So they called me the new Oprah. They did. And I have a complex about you people. get a car. No, you get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Yeah. But I have a complex about people liking Jeremy more than me. So if you can help out with that, it doesn't have to be just about me, but if it could be a combination about how great both of us are, that would be great. Uh, to be fair, I think it was one of my students who probably has no idea that Laura is a human. So, Well, there's that. That yeah. just clearly means he doesn't talk about me enough to his new Michigan friends. Uh, the pictures in my office don't do justice. Yep. 
Anyway, but yeah, so I echo everything. I'm not going to ramble on because you guys are, have heard me rambling enough today, but I echo everything that Jeremy said. Thank you so much for sticking around with us for a hundred episodes. We hope that you will stick around for a hundred more. Um, Should I hope you stick around for a hundred more? Put up with my bullshit. Same. Um, but yeah, so we just love and appreciate all of you guys so much. And we're excited to write out the rest of this season and many more. No doubt. Well, until we get a chance to talk next time, um, 61 forever. Um, fuck Austin Matthews. Um, we still love Nick Felino. We still love Nick Felino. Um, I'm trying to think of like something for the Kings, but I can't really think of it. I actually kind of like the Kings. So um, this is a shout out to all the f- uh, fans of the Blue Jackets who were around in the early Twitter days when there was a really weird romance between the LA Kings social media team and the Columbus Blue Jackets social media team. Uh, this weekend's for you and for Eric Nash. But until we get the chance to talk next time, take care of yourselves, be well, and we will chat soon. Bye.